Chapter Two of Nature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Nature, by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Chapter Two. Commodity. Whoever considers the final cause of the world will discern a multitude of uses that result. They all admit of being thrown into one of the following classes commodity, beauty, language, and discipline. Under the general name of commodity, I rank all those advantages which our senses owe to nature. This, of course, is a benefit which is temporary and immediate, not ultimate, like its service to the soul. Yet although low, it is perfect in its kind, and is the only use of nature which all men apprehend. The misery of man appears like childish petulance when we explore the steady and prodigal provision that has been made for his support and delight on this green ball which floats him through the heavens. What angels invented these splendid ornaments, these rich conveniences, this ocean of air above, this ocean of water beneath, this firmament of earth between, this zodiac of lights, this tent of dropping clouds, this striped coat of climates, this fourfold year? Beasts, fire, water, stones and corn serve him the field is at once his floor his workyard his playground his garden and his bed more servants wait on man than he'll take notice of nature in its ministry to man is not only the material but is also the process and the result all the parts incessantly work into each other's hands for the profit of man the wind sows the seed the sun evaporates the sea the wind blows the vapor to the field, the ice on the other side of the planet condenses rain on this, the rain feeds the plant, the plant feeds the animal, and thus the endless circulations of the divine charity nourish man. The useful arts are reproductions or new combinations by the wit of man of the same natural benefactors. He no longer waits for favoring gales, but by means of steam he realizes the fable of Eolus's bag, and carries the two-and-thirty winds in the boiler of his boat. To diminish friction, he paves the road with iron bars, and mounting a coach with a shipload of men, animals, and merchandise behind him, he darts through the country, from town to town, like an eagle or a swallow through the air. By the aggregate of these aids, how is the face of the world changed, from the era of Noah to that of Napoleon? The private poor man had cities, ships, canals, bridges built for him. He goes to the post-office, and the human race run on his errands, to the bookshop, and the human race read and write of all that happens, for him, to the courthouse, and nations repair his wrongs. He sets his house upon the road, and the human race go forth every morning, and shovel out the snow, and cut a path for him. But there is no need of specifying particulars in this class of uses. The catalogue is endless, and the example so obvious, that I shall leave them to the reader's reflection, with the general remark, that this mercenary benefit is one which has respect to a farther good. A man is fed, not that he may be fed, but that he may work. End of chapter 2